The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Hey, welcome to the show, the total financial hour. I'm Eric Halaby. Hey, thanks for being with me. Uh, listen, Sunday is always an important day for a lot of reasons. Uh, for those of you that that may spend a, a moment or two in church, we we think that's a good idea, a good place for you to be. And for those of you that use it as just a day of relaxation, uh, it's also a time, really, in my opinion, for a recharge and information. What is it about this whole new California movement? Have you heard about it? If you haven't, you're about to. You're fortunate enough this morning to be with Paul Preston. Uh, Paul is the new California uh, representative. We'll get into that in just a second. But let's get into the background a little bit. Why is New California, why, should, why is there even, uh, I, I guess, an issue of California being what it is? Well, purposely, think of it like this. From last week's show, I wanted you to do this, right? You had to remember a couple of things. Last week's show, we, we broke down why I think California is going to have to do a, a financial reset, right? Now, now what, what do I mean by that? We talked about two hundred plus billion dollars in debt just with the California state teachers, two hundred plus billion dollars in debt with the uh, CalPERS. These are pension plans. We talked about how people are fleeing the state. Just last week, CNBC had an article on somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred and one people per day leaving the city of Los Angeles. Last year, four hundred plus people per day left the state of California, and these are net numbers, guys. Meaning. Some come and some go, and by the time you do plus minus, plus minus, 400 have left. Now, we've talked about HowMoneyWalks.com. It's a website where you can go to HowMoneyWalks.com. You click on the state down on the bottom, and it shows you how the money is flowing. Now, with year after year of dollars leaving the state of California, people might say, well, Arif, that's all nice, but we're the seventh largest economy, sixth largest, eighth. There's always some formula, except... They forget to calculate all of the money the federal government puts in. The military, right? If you're you're your own country, you have to protect your own borders. If you're your own country, you have to handle uh, ICE detentions. If not, okay, then you have other issues. Customs, immigration, and on and on. Uh, Air traffic control. All of the stuff that the federal government handles. California says we want all the goodies, which is the sales, but we don't want to have to pay for it. Well, California is currently thumbing its nose at both the rule of law, its citizens, the federal government, and probably 40 out of the other 50 states in the union by saying, we're going to create problems and you guys get to solve them. Well, enough is enough. Paul Preston from the New California Movement has joined me. Uh, Paul, a little bit about yourself. I I guess you were born in Southern California here in in the county of Orange. Uh, You're a retired educator, 40 plus years. Is that is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, 41 years. 41 years. And uh, you're currently a talk show host of your own radio show. Tell me about that. Well, I do uh, what's known as Agenda 21 Radio, 
And it's all about the United Nations Agenda 21, the plan that the United Nations has for the world, which was introduced, oddly enough, on, back in 19, October of 1992 by Nancy Pelosi as House uh, Concurrent Resolution 353, which was basically the Rio de Janeiro Agenda 21 agreement from the United Nations. So it's a, it's a grand United Nations plan that was introduced by Nancy Pelosi way back in 1992 and her plan, um, the totalitarian plan for the world, which is the, the globalist plan, no borders, you know, and all that stuff, uh, and of course sustainability, the ecosystems. Uh, you, you talk about global warming or you know climate change and all that. That was all wrapped up in that package. It seems to be kind of falling apart. And of course, who do we have today um, leading the charge against Donald J. Trump, the president of the United States, is Nancy Pelosi. It's kind of funny how this is all taking shape here in this uh, time frame and and Adam Schiff, who are two Californians, and I know Adam Schiff is from around your area. Yeah, yeah, we're fortunate. We're we're fortunate <laughs> enough to claim him. He wears the right. He wears right. the Letterman's jacket, and we're very proud of that. Not yeah. really. Yeah, but anyway, that's uh, that's our radio show. We've been doing this now for about nine years. And before that, I was doing a show on education. It started in 1999 called the Inside Education Show, and we just sort of morphed into Agenda 21 Radio because of the. The nature of what we were seeing, we were seeing the actual totalitarian takeover of California, so, which is what we're seeing right now. So this is a, a big push, and here's why I bring it up. It's a big push because the left tries to make the right seem like conspiracy theorists and wackies, and we get it all. But to get down to the brass details of what we're talking about with the splitting of California, the initial reaction, I guess, for most people is it's just not going to happen. There's too many reasons. In fact, uh, Forbes did an article on the reason California won't split into one or, or I'm sorry, to two or three states because there's been pushes for both uh, a two-state and a three-state solution. Uh, and they've got a bunch of reasons and, and opinions and articles and et cetera. But tell me what it means and, and how far along is this? If you can describe it just briefly, of course, uh, in English terms for our listener, what does it mean and how, how is the process? What does that mean to split into two states? Well, uh, splitting into two states is uh, something that the Founding Fathers um, put into the Constitution back in 1783. And what they did is they put in Article 4, Section 3 of the Constitution, which states, and it's called the State Splits Clause, it states that, that any state that wants to form from a pre-existing state must get the permission of the legislature or legislatures concerned and then that of the Congress. That's almost a verbatim statement. That's it. It's real simple. And uh, most uh, most people do not understand it because it's only been used three times in American history. And the last time it was used was 1861 with West Virginia. So from a historical standpoint, you, know, you look around, you don't find a lot of people that lived back in 1861 <laughs> and have memory of that experience. And, of course, that was the beginning of the Civil War right then and there. And uh, that, that was a very tumultuous time in history. But West Virginia did prevail and became a state by 1863 and joined the Union. Well, the existing state, uh, Paul, in other words, the California state legislature, which is already a supermajority of Democrats, uh, why would it ever be in their best interest to decide to split up their power and to take California into uh, two or three different states? What, what is their reason for, for saying, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I want to I have less power. Well, the reason why is because of uh, your introduction, actually, you pointed to stirs and purrs and, and all the other financial calamity that's about to fall Cal befall California, especially this month and next month. They're going to get all their numbers in for taxes, and they're going to realize that they're really technically bankrupt as a state. 
And this uh, continuation, it's going to continue, of course, uh, throughout, throughout the year. And by the time we think that about mid-summer, uh, end of summer, getting into the election season, the California uh, legislature is going to be very malleable to our offering of forming a new state. In fact, we know that they will be. We've had discussions with some of the legislators and other people, and they're going to welcome us with open arms. We know that because you, they cannot sustain themselves. Uh, they know they cannot sustain themselves. The looting is continuing of the California Treasury. They're giving money away to everybody for every different cause. Um, they, they're going to, you know, this is that they're at the point that Margaret Thatcher said, that, you know, they're running out of other people's money. <laughs> and so they're not going to be able to sustain themselves. Businesses are leaving the influences of all these crazy environmental laws. Of course, the California Resources Board and all these other extreme boards and laws and, and taxes and regulations. Um, have just had this whole enormous impact on California. And as a result, they're going to, they're not going to be able to pay their bills, which are getting close to that right now. And uh, they're going to look for financial help and we'll be able to give them that financial help. And in that, they're going to have to give up about 85% of the state to New California and the, the land mass. Well, it's, it's part of the state that, frankly, they disrespect more than anything anyway. It's the flyover exactly. country people. It's the hugging their Bibles and their guns type of people and going to church. Right. It's the folks that actually believe that, oh, I don't know, a, a mother and a father should be at home uh, taking care of their own kids as opposed to a, right. a recent NBA report that said, uh, what was it, seven? Uh, I'm going to get the numbers wrong. It might be five out of six. In other words... Uh, for every NBA professional player, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood, there was uh, five different women had six different kids of their own or something ridiculous. Basically, what you're looking yeah. at is a fatherless example where they their goal is to sell shoes, disrespect America, uh, to sell jerseys, etc. And oh, by the way, what about those poor children that you are uh, having? So in other words, their entire concept of family, uh, country, God, those kinds of things are disrespected. So maybe, right. uh, maybe you're right, but let me give you an example here. In 2017, in California Infrastructure Report, a report card that was put said basically this. We have the worst repair uh, roads in the country, and they're poorest in the nation, and they're rapidly getting worse. And here's what I mean by that. California, uh, California costs each driver, the roads, just to repair them are $844 a year, and 5.5% of the bridges are rated structurally deficient. The infrastructure for California, meaning uh, drinking waters, $44.5 billion just to fix it. Wastewater needs $26 billion. And instead, the state of California decides they're going to build a, a, a rail system, an high-speed rail system, uh, in a time when it's absolutely... In fact, look, we, we covered it last week. We said one of the first checks ever made was Diane Feinstein's uh, husband, who received $100 million for, quote, surveying out of that infrastructure bill. So they everybody from the federal to the state level are kind of going through, if you will, and, and, and stripping this state dry when the yeah. entire state is run out of San Francisco between Nancy Pelosi, Gavin Newsom, Dianne Feinstein. They're all Bay Area people. And you're right, San Bernardino, uh, Kern County, a lot of the folks have zero, I don't know, maybe zero representation in state and federal government, really. Right. Pretty much. They, well, yeah, they, that's about it. And, you know, we talk about this all the time on the radio show, and we talk about it all the time in New California, that really, truly, uh, San Francisco runs the world. And uh, take a look at what's going on in Washington, D.C. You have to, you have somebody from San Francisco, actually, you have Diane Feinstein and Nancy Pelosi really kind of Feinstein running the Senate and Pelosi running the 
House of Representatives. Then from Hollywood, you know, the media part of it, you got Adam Schiff. Yeah. So California is is putting the nation right now through all this, plus then take a look at California itself, the most populous state, and what is it doing there? I mean, you know, I, I was uh, down in L.A. a couple weeks ago and been down there many, many times. I walked the uh, Santa Ana River down there by the Anaheim Stadium when they had those thousands of people that were living there in squalor and tents. You know, that's my neck of the woods. That's where I grew up. I used to ride horses on that levee right in that very spot all the wow. time. Back when there was orange groves around, I used to ride my horses down there. And, uh, you know, to make that little walk was uh, quite quite telling about what has happened out of California and uh, why we need to, to change the paradigm, obviously, because it's, this has been a setup for totalitarian socialism in California for a long time. This has not been something that's just all of a sudden been foisted. You know, you have to, to change people's attitudes like this, there has to have been a plan in effect. And if you go back and look at the history, starting with Reynolds versus Sims, which is the decision to give, take away representation in the rural parts of, of America, which it did, yeah. it diminished the sovereignty of senators in counties and made senators become responsive to people as population. So right now there's 40 senators in California, and by the way, each senator has now 1 million people that it represents over a course of many counties, in one case, Senate District Number 1 in California covers 11 counties. That's there, ridiculous. There's no way how, one how, senator can cover 11 counties. Well, uh, look, I, I used to go to Europe quite a bit in the 90s and, and even in the early mid-2000s, uh, and I remember when the Eurozone was created, and I said, there's right. no way in the world this is going to last. And people right. looked at a guy in his 20s and said, what do you mean? Well, well, of course, I was a history buff and, and still am. And I said, there's there's almost zero in common between the people of, of Italy, you know, especially Sicily, uh, southern Italy, and those that are from uh, Belgium and France and Germany. Right. They're not even the same. They have zero in common except proximity. There's more right. There's more in common with people in the Caribbean uh, and those in Portugal because they right. have a different way of life on the Mediterranean. And so we're starting to see the cracks in the Eurozone. I see that as the same as California on a micro scale, but, but not much different as far as population growth, uh, simply because you have a movement of people, a very, very few, like in Germany and in France, just like you have in uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles that are controlling the rest of the region. And the poor counties get zero representation. So, Paul, tell me how this process works. If California is to split into two, uh, we have about 10 minutes. Give me an idea of what that looks like. Well, um, process what we do is, uh, in the process, is that we are following history. We're following the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights. Those are the, the tools, the tool shed. And then history was the historical precedence. And you look at the three states that have done this before, um, which was Kentucky, Maine, and we would be number four. And we're just doing exactly what is called for there And you know, in the process. Now, in the process... What's very, very careful to understand, and the people who did this before clearly understood this, that it, the responsibility to form a new state rests with the people themselves, rising up, forming committees, forming county committees like we're doing, and working directly with the state legislature and not working with the governor or the executive branch or not working with the judicial system. It's, that's forbidden. And in fact, you just saw what happened to Tim Draper um, and all the other movements that are out there, they're all failing, and they'll continue to fail. We're the only one that's passed any kind of constitutional muster because we're doing it right. And the president has even recognized that we're doing it right. <laughs> and, it's, and a lot of other people nationally have figured this out, too. 
But in the case of Tim Draper, I had Tim Draper on my radio show back in 2012 and 14 when he was trying out the six-state solution. And I always brought up to him, I said, well, what about the Constitution of the United States? And he said, I don't need a Constitution. I'm a billionaire. I'll write this and get it done. Okay. Wow. That didn't work out in 2012 and 14. Then in 2018, oddly enough, um, we're growing and becoming the new California state movement. We get 18 counties that are chartered that are involved. And all of a sudden, a week after that, Tim Draper rises up and says, I'm going to do the three-state solution. So he offers up the three-state solution. People are clamoring at us and, and everything. And then finally, we declare our independence because, you you know, if you want to become an independent state, you have to declare your independence, just kind of common sense. Barcelona, in Barcelona, you're seeing all these riots from sure. Catalonia. And I traveled there and back in 1992. I was actually on the train from Frankfurt into um, into uh, um, Switzerland. And it was interesting. I, the, when we got in, in Zurich, it, we pulled in at 12, 5, 12.10 in the morning. And it was the first time that the guards ever stood down, the border guards ever stood down and let people through because the European Union was in uh, July, I believe of uh, 1992. It was the first first time that it ever happened. I got to witness what you were talking about. And I said then it wasn't going to happen either. I agreed with, you know, I was agreeing back then. People were thinking, why do you know this? I said, well, it's just common sense. It's so different in other parts of the, and they all have different languages and currencies. And yeah, it's not going to, exactly. of course, look at it now. But getting back to the New California movement, um, we came out and declared independence on, on January 15, 2018. And from then, we've had four constitutional conventions, and we've actually put together a government. Not only do we have a government, but we've been passing resolutions about how we're going to govern ourselves and do the things we need to do. But getting back to Tim Draper, it's odd because when we declared independence, we were number one on Twitter worldwide for 13 days. And, of course, just lo and behold, Tim Draper comes up and starts gathering up signatures to get put on the ballot. And he got, like in a few days, he got like 700,000 signatures. You may remember that. And then he takes it in and he gets on the ballot and all that stuff. And, and everybody, Fox News, they're all going, gee, Paul, they're going to beat you to it. And I said, no, I said, no worries. I said, it's dead on arrival. It's not going to work. And so, of course, what happened? He got challenged in court by a radical environmental group and the environmental group ended up taking him into the Supreme Court of California, and in a 6-0 to zero decision, they threw the whole thing out, said, Tim Draper, you're unconstitutional. You were not following Article 4, Section 3 of the Constitution. So you guys now have... In California, you are. So you guys have this process where it's constitutional, we go through the, we go through the system, but right. doesn't the existing state legislature have to vote this through? Don't they have to say something like, hey, we agree, we think we should reduce power? That's correct. Um, they do, and they will, because they don't have the money to sustain themselves any longer. And I don't think the uh, assembly members and senators going into an election or even coming out of an election are going to want to not go along with uh, what our plan is financially to help bail them out. Um, as, you're, as you're so reporting, and you know this is going to get worse for them as the year goes by, because, you know, again, they pushed out business. They pushed out all these different corporations. They have no tax base. They're losing their tax base in Silicon Valley. If you've been up there lately, I go there all the time. I mean, every day it's, it's getting more and more like a ghost town. <laughs> it's, but, you know, they've done it to themselves, obviously, because these businesses are leaving in droves uh, because the business environment is so nasty yeah. throughout the whole state. Yeah, it's it, it, the it, social it, we have. We've talked about how Allstate Insurance has moved to Arizona, uh, PepsiCo and Toyota 
have left to, to Texas. Nestle moved their entire headquarters with relatively short notice to move thousands of employees and staff and uh, to uh, Virginia. W- when you have organizations, when you have people that see the writing on the wall, uh, so here's the problem. We have a lot of clients. I'm a financial uh, a professional here in Southern California. Our clients are saying, but yeah, but my, my only child lives here with our granddaughter or our grandson. Uh, this is where my church, my doctors, my charities, the, the volunteer work. This is so it's difficult. It, it almost feels like it, it isn't fair. Like you've been, uh, you know, suckered into this game and you feel kind of, yeah, it's a very yucky feeling to put it nicely. Well, this is, this is what socialism does leading into communism. And then we're starting to see that we have a, you know, when they, this whole plan to take over California in the fashion, this has been hatched years and years and years ago. He goes back to the Reynolds versus Sims decision. That was clearly a plan to destroy representation in rural America. And it's worked. It's worked. Look at Illinois. Look at New York. All the control and power by populations through the senators now, state senators, rest in urbanized areas. Manhattan, as an example, completely controls upstate New York. Chicago controls downstate Illinois. Look over there in Oregon, Western Illinois, or Oregon is controlled by, I mean, you know, Portland controls all of pretty much Oregon, Washington the same. California, you have two population centers, San Francisco and Los Angeles, they control 85% of the rest of the state. So, you know, all the state, basically. So this is, this is a solution. What we wanted to do is say, okay, how do we beat Reynolds versus Sims? And at the same time, how do we give representation back to the rural area? So he said, well, it's population parity. And let's take a look at how the numbers work. So we looked at all the counties in California, and we realized that the rural counties all totaled about 18 million people, and the urban areas, you know, was about 20 million. And I said, well, there's parity right there. So that's why when you take a look at the map of New California, it's about 85% red, which is New California, and the rest of it is a yellow area, New Cal- or Old California. That's what it's going to look like because that's where you have population parity, uh, when you reach it in that, all that red area right there, if you take a look at the map. So all these counties, about 52 of the counties of the 58 counties fall within the jurisdiction of New California. Well, you, Paul, you so, have some you have some cities uh, in L.A. County that have virtually zero representation uh, because of the gerrymandering that is done where they take right. uh, urban areas or heavily Democrat areas and they dilute any Republican or conservative vote. Right. Uh, for example, Santa Clarita, Simi Valley. Uh, right. Simi Valley is, of course, in Ventura County, but Santa Clarita, you have some uh, western L.A. County regions like San Gabriel or La Cañada. Uh, how, do, uh, how does your system address that? Do they require oh, it to be county? But is it county pure? For, ex- for example. They, but every county in New California will get a state senator, period, because we can do this. We can do this because the last time a state became a state through this process was 1861. The last time any state came on board was 1959. Reynolds versus Sims was after that. So we were going to claim, we are claiming, in fact, we already delegated uh, senators for every county in New California. We have already delegated that, plus two assembly members to give us representation so we can kind of build our government. And so that area is going to be in New California. They already have a senator assigned, same in Los, Los Angeles, as we call it. Uh, they will have a state senator in New Cal. We can claim that because the Constitution supersedes the court decision of Reynolds versus Sims, and that's a that's a really really big uh, thing. Obviously, now the other problem that we have is this super hyper legislature that we have in California. That was the Constitution been modified in California over 580 times. One of the modifications happened in 1966. 
which is the so-called professional legislature by Unruh, that said, oh, we can have a legislature that meets 11 months out of each year. And then they modified it even more in 2008 and 2010 with this uh, gerrymandering and redistricting process, which is exactly what gave, you know, Senate Clarita Republican a Democrat and, and completely changed the dynamics of how we represent ourselves in terms of state representatives. It's given us a monoparty system. And, oh, I forgot the best part, and that is the primary system was changed completely. Yes, they the did that. Two candidates get in. And you see, that's wiped out the Republican Party altogether. That's now exactly right. System with the dictatorship. Paul, you know, I'd love to have you back on, Paul. Folks, you guys have a conference uh, that's uh, that, that's uh, in the middle as we speak. It's this weekend. But I also want to get into a couple of other things and have you on a future show as we talk about the progress. Absolutely. Love to hear more about it, folks. NCS51.com. That stands for New California South. NCS. Nora Charlie Sam for my uh, police friends. Uh, NCS51.com. That's how you get a hold of Paul Preston. We'll be back in just a minute. Thanks for joining me. On the Total Financial Hour, I'm Eric Hallaby. We'll be right back on AM870, The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Hey, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for staying with me. Uh, we uh, really appreciate Paul Preston from the New California uh, uh, movement. Really, these are the folks that are trying to split California for lots of reasons, partly because they think, uh, look, the representation for those of us that are either conservative or in the rural districts, or you happen to be uh, a, an actual liberal Democrat, meaning you believe in free speech. You believe in freedom of religion. You believe the government shouldn't have anything to do with it uh, as far as your religious beliefs. And yet they're getting involved with uh, almost like totalitarianism. You know, watch some of the shows. Have you seen some of the the shows on, on uh, Netflix or Amazon, uh, like The Man in the High Castle? Look at what they do. It, it acts as if, what if Japan and Germany had won the war? What would the United States look like? I really implore you to watch that show. I wish I uh, had them as a sponsor, but uh, look, I think you should watch that show, The Man in the High Castle. The reason is it'll show you what the United States is like or would be like had Nazi Germany or imperialistic uh, Japan won the war, World War II. And it's set in the late 50s, maybe early 60s, something like that. So you get an idea. There's some modernism happening, but also what has happened, what happens to your freedoms? Because that is where the modern Democrat Party is going. That is where California is going. That is where such a small group of people that pat each other on the back and say, you're amazing. No, you're amazing. Oh my gosh, that's an incredible. Oh, let's go have lunch. That's called your state legislature. They have nobody to answer to, no reason to defend their their positions. And I bring this up to you from a financial guy standpoint, because here's my concern. A lot of my clients, especially this week, are coming to me and saying, Arif, we feel trapped. Oh my gosh, feel trapped. It's just like you were 32 years old at a job. You've been there for six years. It has a great pension. You really can't leave and get restarted to get the same benefits again. So you're kind of stuck in this career, if you remember back that far. 
right in your 30s or your 40s, you said, oh, it's a crummy job. I can do other things. But man, do I have a great pension and they're going to pay for my health care. And I'm grandfathered in. Right? You feel like a prisoner of that job, even though you have some freedoms, of course. You could technically leave. They don't hold you there with a chain around your ankle. Instead, they hold you there with the benefit called health insurance, with the benefit called retirement. Well, for those of you that are are here in California, you're financially uh, taken care of. You're good. You're retired in your 60s, maybe even early 70s. You're active. And you feel trapped. You feel stuck. You finally paid off your home. You have money saved. Well, these clients are coming to us saying, Eric, I want to make some or part of my money safe. We take care of that. 888-99-RETIRE. You've heard me give that number. I'll give it again. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE, okay? Here's what that does. If you want to put some or part of your money out of the market's risk, where it doesn't go down when the market goes down, you're going to get, over time, reasonable gains. Three, four, five, six is the average. Somewhere between zero and 10. Maybe as high as 12. But right in there, Why do you think that's important? Because I think if California has a bad day, bad week, or a bad decade, what is that going to do for your housing costs? What is that going to do to your your benefits? What is that going to do to your pension if you're counting on the state of California to deliver for city, state, or counties? What what does that do? Well, I think it, it... rocks some of your world, financially speaking, and it can change, and it does change what you called normal. So that's why we keep bringing it up is because every time I turn around, a client comes to me and feels trapped. They're saying, Eric, I don't know what to do. Why does it feel like it's just a struggle? So with that being said, I want to share with you a couple of things that we're finding more and more reasons why your high state tax, this is from CNBC, they, they've run a great article. We've covered it before when New Jersey and New York higher income people or even middle income people leave the state and they go down to Florida or they go to uh, North Carolina or, or Tennessee. They go to another state either to zero or very low income tax state. And what are they finding? That New York, New Jersey now are going after them like organized crime, <laughs> right? I mean, they have a great model to follow. Illinois, California, they're going after you and they're doing complete audits. So Florida and Nevada, they're looking at attracting people. They all do. Texas all day long. In fact, when Governor Rick Perry uh, was the governor of Texas, he would come to California in Los Angeles and San Diego and even the Bay Area and run workshops. And his team of people would say, here's how you come to Texas Uh, And there are desks in the back representing different cities, different counties, different regions of Texas. And they would say, uh, well, uh, hey, I have a telecommunications company. I want to come. Okay, great. Hey, I have a company that that handles that. Come on over to this county, this desk, this area. Here's our infrastructure. Here's what our high-speed internet has for you. And these people really put together a whole plan to where folks were saying, all right, I'm out of here. Now, a lot of you might say, well, here's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to do my best to be able to leave the state, but I want to keep a house here. When things get better, I'm going to come back. Well, let me tell you why or how some of the things that California is doing and other states uh, are doing to double check whether or not you really are leaving the state. 
listen, frankly, if you're leaving, you, you have to legitimately leave, right? Don't play this game where, uh, you know, you're, you're pretending to be in another state and you're winking and nodding. You're just inviting trouble. Do it the right way. Do it in an honest way. And I think you'll have very few problems. But moving to an income, income tax-free state like Florida, Nevada, Texas, especially for New York, New Jersey, and Californias, are huge after this $10,000 cap on state and local tax deduction. Here's what happened. The reason the federal government did that, and I know a lot of my conservative friends are upset because it, it hit me just like it hit you. A lot of us are paying more in overall taxes because we don't get the credit back from California. But what does it do? It goes to California and says, you know, listen, daddy's tired of paying for you, right? The federal government, uh, your mom and dad are tired of giving you benefits because you're the prettier child or because you're the more athletic or because you're promising to get better each and every year or because you're the only child or because you're one of five and you think you're the only child, right? Enough is enough. Finally, daddy comes along or mommy comes along and says, California, New York, we're not going to subsidize you. You need to learn to become fiscally independent. You need to learn to manage your own finances. And because you're not doing it in any other fashion, eh, we're going to force you. Like California being the trust fund baby. And all of a sudden, uh, the, the lawyer, the new lawyer takes over and says, uh, you know, your, your mom and dad uh, passed away. And they left me in charge. And my job is to make sure, Junior, that you grow up to be a solid American citizen. And right now, you are not. You're spending more than you make. You swipe these credit cards and you expect me to just pay for them. Well, now, it's turned out to be a completely different system, hasn't it? Because if you're thinking about moving out of a high state uh, tax, let me give you some things that they're doing. Number one, they're going to ask, where's your home? So owning a home in a zero-tax state just isn't enough because a lot of people will rent a house or a condo in one state or city and then they quote own in another state and a lot of people are saying eh, you know what we're just not buying that you're going to have to sell your home or legitimately rent it to an to not your not your daughter or your son All right but legitimately rent it out okay that's fine you might want to keep a foothold in that state in case things turn around or in case California splits and becomes a, a more fiscally responsible state. Whatever. That's great. But you have to have a legitimate, quote, house somewhere else. Place to live. Your home. Things like fishing licenses. Uh, there was a recent report of a guy who, who said, oh, no, I'm a resident. I want the resident fishing license of the home state, which was $12 as opposed to non-resident, which was $75. So the state auditor used that as an example. See, he was playing pretend like he was really out of state. But when it came to his fishing license, he didn't have a non-resident license. He had a residence license. So they will seize upon those kinds of opportunities to come along. Where is your home? Where are your veterinarian uh, for your dog, your cat? Where are your doctors? Where are your pharmacies? Where do you do your physical therapy if, you, if you're hurt? Do, do you get it? The logical stuff that you would do in your, quote, home, 
Now, there's reasons that people, I, I have a friend who lives up in Idaho who has to come down here to LA every once in a while, three times a year or something for uh, his medical stuff because there's a doctor down here that is better, that knows what he's doing because he's been treating him forever and knows what my friend is, is up to. If he started out brand new with the physician in, in the Idaho area, uh, Boise or, or Coeur d'Alene, it'd be great. No problem. Well, that's legitimate because he doesn't own any property here. He does not have a business in California, and he is coming down specifically for this physician. When he stays here, he has hotel receipts. When he stays here, he has a rental car receipts. So the more you play pretend like it is a, a vacation home or second home, be very careful. If you have a business in California, you can have a business in other states. That's not a problem. But be very careful with California saying, well, listen, you're earning income in California. It's the same reason that professional athletes will come to California on many cases and many occasions from other states the day of the game, if they can. They'll land at 12.05 a.m. Because if they're here the day before, that day, a percentage of their income has to be paid in California income tax. If you're a professional athlete, like a baseball player or a hockey player, where there are numerous games you play in numerous states throughout the year, believe it or not, you're, you're filing 20, 30, 40 different tax returns. A federal return, and then one for every state that you are doing partial of your you know, $10 million a year income, you're paying a tax return for each and every state. So California is not going to let you get away with it. It's the reason a lot of organizations like the Raiders left California and went to Las Vegas. If you had a $30 million contract, what is that pay raise? $250,000 a month in your pocket extra. You don't tell me you're going to vote for that if you're a player. And all of the staff and all of the team and all of the practice personnel and the support personnel, all of those people relocating to a tax-free state, the, the deficit alone to the state of California's budget is enormous. Probably tens of millions of dollars instantly in wages that are taxable that are gone. Tens of millions. So... You're seeing that happen with corporations. They say, okay, I'm going to have a headquarters in Texas or Virginia or in, in North Carolina. I'm going to have a headquarters. Now, I'm going to still keep a satellite office here, but I'm going to do it under a different corporation. It has its own you know, people that work there. It has its own entity, its own lease. So I'm not going to you know, poison the water. It's going to be completely separate entities. So what is the time that you spend out of the state? That's another thing. The state auditors are going and they're taking a look at how much time you actually spend out of California. So consider it this way. If you are traveling outside of California, let's say people go to Europe, they go to Hawaii, they go to Central America to visit a vacation, whatever it is that you're doing, a lot of folks are traveling, leaving from their home state. So if you live in Las Vegas, I don't want you to catch a flight out of LAX. Catch a flight out of Las Vegas International. Why? Because a lot of people that are doing that are taking a flight out of Las Vegas, going to Europe, returning to Las Vegas. 
The reason is that time gets to count, or at least you can make an argument that it counts, as time away from California, hence in Nevada. So don't look at it as, I'm going to fly out of LAX to save a few dollars on a plane ticket, and yet they say, well, that is officially time that you are still a, quote, a resident of California. You need to argue that. Where does your spouse wait for you when you travel abroad? Where is she hanging out? Where is she uh, visiting? Where are you going to be spending your time when you're on your days off, on your weekends, on your long holidays, Memorial Day? Those are important parts to the plan. Secondarily, listen, state auditors have immense authority, guys. Immense authority. So when they come knocking on your door, they don't give you, we're going to come and do a research, uh, uh, do a, an audit and research you and, and visit your home. We're going to give you three months to prepare. They don't do that. They say, I'm coming over tomorrow morning. Or they say, I'm coming over now. Or they knock on your door. Because they want to see where it is that you hold the objects that are near and dear to your heart. Family mementos. Right? Your, your favorite paintings. You can always have two homes. People do. Big Bear and Orange County. Uh, Santa Clarita and Mammoth. I get it. You can have two homes. You can have two homes in different cities, different places. But understand the mindset of California. If you are going to play pretend like you're not really a resident, they're going to say we want our peace. So you have to think like that. And you have to understand. Even if you don't mean any harm, just do it the right way. Don't get yourself in trouble. There's no reason to run afoul of any state, certainly California, New York. <clears throat> right there broke. They need the money. Imagine how desperate you were when you were unemployed. Right? You would take any job. You would do almost anything just to get income. Well, they're the same way. And a lot of the auditors work on a bonus system. They're not going to tell you that. But the IRS and other types of, of tax auditors, they have a bonus system. In other words, if they can collect more money, they can receive bonuses and credits and however they call it. They may not call it a direct commission, but whatever it is, they are definitely rewarded by doing their job in a better way than those that are not. Okay, so the other part of it is where are you keeping, where are your family, uh, where's your, your spouse? I'll give you a good example. Occasionally, I'm in, in conferences about 10 times a year in Las Vegas, and I fly out of Burbank Airport. And so uh, I get on the plane, and sometimes when I leave, uh, if we have an early morning meeting, let's say there's a group of us, we have a, an advisory board meeting in the morning, uh, I usually catch the, late, the last flight out the night before so I can be there first thing for the 8 a.m. meeting, right? Sometimes on that plane, I've run across a guy, and I have a, you know, a backpack and a, a luggage, and I load it on or whatever. And he's just carrying a, a newspaper or a little iPad or something. Well, one day I happened to sit next to him and I said, hey, what are you doing? He says, well, I work at Disney here in Burbank, but I live in Henderson, Nevada. I said, what? He says, yeah, I fly back and forth every day. I found a great school district. The homes were very inexpensive. It was a safe neighborhood. I didn't have to worry about crime and homelessness everywhere. So I have an amazing city and I just fly early in the morning. I arrive. I take an Uber or lift directly to my uh, my Burbank office, 
I get back in that Uber or Lyft. I catch the plane. He buys these in, in packages, if you will, in groups. And then he jumps on a plane, goes home, has a little uh, car that he keeps at the airport, drives that car back home and, and comes back the next morning. So when you think about this, in today's society with FedEx and UPS, when you have fax machines and scanning and email, when you have flights that are very predictable for $100, $60, $70, when you ultimately pay for parking, gas, insurance here in California, and all the other taxes that you pay for that are in addition to just being here, for a lot of people, it makes sense. Years ago, we had a client who was a Los Angeles firefighter, and he, would, he was a small plane pilot, so he would fly into Phoenix, where he lived, his wife and kids were there, and then he would come home, right, and he, he would stay here, work three days in a row, and he'd be off four or five days because he would switch shifts around. And so he would fly himself, go to the airport. He had a little $400 car. I remember it was 400 bucks because I thought, how do you buy a car for 400 He said, I bought it at auction. The air conditioning doesn't work. It barely runs, but it gets me from the airport to the fire station, and then I'm back in, and I just park it. And if it gets stolen, it doesn't really matter to me. It's a small car. And yet his airplane, his little private plane, that's where he spent the money, of course. But he would fly home into, into the Phoenix area. And therefore, his family had a a safer life. They were much comfortable, much more comfortable. The taxes were much smaller. And he lived a much, in, in his case, a much happier life. So we're seeing that happen, especially when you start adding in these border, uh, cross-border uh, lifestyles. You see it pretty regularly. My dad used to fly to New York and come home on weekends. Now that is still off the charts, even though he was in his 747, Right. My mom and dad were still married. Everything's great. They're still married today, 55 plus years. But his job transferred him there. We didn't want to live there because this was the 70s. We being my parents as if I had anything to say about it. But he'd say, hey, look, we looked at the Bronx. We looked at Queens. It's not a place we wanted to raise our family. So my dad said he's going to pay the price so that the family had a safe environment in the San Fernando Valley. Back then it was. It was very safe. Good schools. Remember, LA Unified used to be the best school district, one of the best in the country. California used to lead the nation in conservative values. And in and I don't mean conservative as in the, the right wing. I mean conservative as in family values. In our neighborhood, I think one family was divorced. Not that that puts you one way or the other, but just understand the mindset. Right? We had two families where the wives worked outside of the house. Whoa. Everybody else was a different time. And today, right, people come to California, they make their riches and they leave. It used to be you'd come to California to make your riches and you would stay. And so I implore you, when you vote, be very serious about voting. When you push back against some of these crazy rules, don't sit on the sidelines, guys. This is your retirement. You have worked your whole life. You have played the game properly. It's like running a race. When you have the financial means that you know that you need to survive and, and even thrive, and as long as you get reasonable gains going forward and inflation is reasonable and in control, which we expect it to be, you don't need to get double-digit returns every single year in order to survive. If you do, you should probably go back to work or reduce some of your expenses.
And when financial advisors and financial professionals, financial planners come to you and they say, we need to charge you one and a half, two and a half percent, baloney, baloney. Because the key question I always want you to ask is what is my total cost? Not what is my fee because fee has a technical legal definition. What is my total cost? All the costs from the time I opened this account to today. And what did I make from the time I opened the account to today? And if your earnings are higher, much higher, right? If you, if it, if you made 20000 and it cost you 2000 I'm good with that deal. If you've made 200000 and it cost you 20000 I'd probably be good with that too. But don't be like a recent client who made 110000 and it cost her 80000 That's ridiculous. This is your financial life, guys. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. That's my number. Give me a call if you have any questions. I hope to help you if I can. The Total Financial Hour, TFS Financial Insurance Services. I'm Eric Halby. On your place for news, talk, and information. This is AM870, The Answer. Higher income strategy.